Hello everyone and welcome to HY Dyslexia podcast, all things dyslexia. Today's podcast is very, very special, very close to my heart. Title of it is Dyslexia and Disorganization. Now, I don't want to speak for all dyslexics, but I know that for me as a dyslexic person can be very disorganized. I don't plan it. It's just part of my dyslexia. I'm here today. I'm here tomorrow. I'm forgetting things. I'm getting lost everywhere. It can become really chaotic. Now, when we approached our guest, I was so happy to have her on our podcast because she's going to tell it as it is. We, I think we're actually fed up on masking things and hiding behind it all, making it all perfect. And we've got the amazing Natalie Brooks, who will be with us today to talk about dyslexia and disorganization. She's an amazing social media guru. She's got her own podcast. She's got her own sort of um, all different social media on TikTok and she's doing amazing work. And she's the founder of Dyslexia in Adults. Before we start, I'd like to say a big thank you to our funders, National Lottery Community Fund, the Social Enterprise Support Fund and Resonance. We want to say a massive thank you for the funding that we get to be able to produce this podcast. Natalie, welcome to HY Dyslexia Podcast. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. Wow, a bit bowled over after that lovely introduction. It's amazing, amazing to have you on our podcast. And like I said in the introduction, dyslexia and disorganization, sometimes we just got to be real and say it as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hiding. Yeah, if we don't, then we just create shame, right, with other people. And the reality is, is that we need to talk about the wider view of dyslexia you know spelling and reading is an important part of dyslexia but it is only a couple of pillars of the challenges you can have challenges you can still have strengths like you it can be both let's like you know talk about it like how the people that live it know what is actually going on absolutely now before we start Natalie tell our listeners a little bit about your background who you are and why you decided to set up dyslexia and adults? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, I was incredibly lucky and was had my dyslexia picked up really young. And I went to schools that were supportive of dyslexia. And so I really had this understanding of like the value of support. And I feel like I learned how to educate myself. I understood how I learned, you know, it wasn't easy, but I knew how to do it. You know, I'd become an expert in Natalie's learning style. And I went through university, I did A-levels and GCSEs. And, and again, I'm not saying it was a walk in the park, but I was getting good grades. I was achieving, I, you know, I, I knew what I had to do and I, I felt like I was thriving in my way. I left university and I just crumbled I felt like I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to handle my dyslexia I didn't there's all this like stuff that goes on as an adult with dyslexia that we just don't have any resources for like how do you tell your boss you're dyslexic what do you say how do you ensure that you don't get a negative perception on it or if you're having your probation extended because of your dyslexia or many people are fired because they're dyslexic all these things are happening or, you know, you're making mistakes at work because maybe you're struggling with verbal instructions or organisation, I'm going to talk about today. Whatever it is, spelling and reading by this point as an adult was like back of the list of the problems. I was struggling with verbal instructions, organisation, confidence, like an understanding of what I was good at, 
dealing with like making those little mistakes, those tiny little like moments. You know, I was make I was lo- I lost one company over five thousand pounds. I was struggling, and there was nowhere to turn. And I just I didn't want to talk about just the strengths of dyslexia. I wanted exactly what this podcast is all about to be like okay how do I turn up to a meeting three hours early and not look like an idiot in front of my like clients because I was an account manager at the time and like how, how do I how do I deal with these moments like what, what what do I do and there was basically I at the time I realized now there's a lot of people actually doing a lot and I I, I see how much the dyslexia community is trying but at the time I was like I'm alone, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn, no one is talking about dyslexia in the way that I see dyslexia, I felt like I googled dyslexia and all I got is like how to learn to read and I was like no I've got that, I've, I've, I've covered that, um, so what I, I purely out of like a sense of desperation and frustration, I started an Instagram account called Dyslexia and Adults that was just about me telling it as it is, being like this is what's going on, this is the reality of my life and my goal has always been to talk about both like just because I'm struggling doesn't mean I don't have strengths I think this this narrative that in like with dyslexic people that like if you're struggling dyslexic strengths don't exist I was like no 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 I'm struggling but I'm still really great at all these things I just haven't found a way to like deal with the challenges or like let my strengths shine in the way that they can so I wanted to talk about all of that, like what it was like to date with dyslexia. Like, you know, you have to tell people you're dyslexic and uh, when you're dating, create a space to talk about what it felt like was going on. And unbelievably, three years later, this is now my full-time job, like working with dyslexic adults, helping them with all the things that I talked about, like mm. discussing letting your strengths shine, dealing with the challenges, but dealing with the confidence issues, dealing with the conversations that we just don't know how to have, like telling your boss or like dealing with someone who's saying to you, oh, like everyone's a bit dyslexic and they're like, no, they're not. Um, and just all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, it's not a sales pitch, but that that's basically what I do. That's yeah. kind of my, my life now. And I just, I'm literally the luckiest person in the world. I, I started something because I needed it for myself and now I get to help thousands of other people with the same thing that I struggle with and it it just feels like the best thing in the world of course yeah and I think and I do think that it's sometimes it's um the best thing to do is to be real because for example where you know with HIV dyslexia we we can talk about these things you know openly whilst as um not everybody can I mean I hear things like superpower um you know gift and all that you know great that's the day when the superpower wants to work because there are days when you just feel like listen your whole world is caving in and, and you can't get beyond that and you know of, of course when I gave the introduction I spoke about disorganized I am the most disorganized person you could find I'm trust giving you a run for your money 100%. <laughs> <laughs> no. trust me well, <laughs> I'm, I'm confident confident that I'm honestly and um of course you know but of course you know you have to put on you know I don't know whether we mask it or whatever you know and try to fit into that box Mm -hmm. that isn't really made for us um you know I mean we are known as some of us have known as out of the box thinkers but surely we're not actually exhibiting that are we because we're trying to fit 
the society how it should be mm-hmm. i'm going on to my first question believe it or not <laughs> after all that yes so what is the reality of being disorganized and living with dyslexia and you've also got adhd haven't you so yeah reality of being disorganized and li- living my life I see in my experience of speaking to thousands of dyslexic people every day, dyslexic people tend to fall into two categories in my experience, is there are the people who are so nervous and worried about making mistakes that they have such rigid structures that they manage to like lean on as a crutch and they were, they manage to not be disorganized or you know not have as many dyslexic challenges because they stick to those systems and structures like it like you know like it is their lifeblood it's like their oxygen and I am so jealous of that type of dyslexic person because that is not me I do not enjoy a rigid structure it does not work for me I never have been able to stick to them and I work on a topic that I like to think of as something called radical acceptance I am disorganized and that is a reality of my life and I think actually in a funny way my experience is that by accepting that I am naturally disorganized is like the best way I can create systems and structures so I'll say to people listen I'm, I'm really not great at like turning up to meetings so like please send me a reminder or like please put it in my calendar like in this way the amount of people that send me calendar invites as an email with the zoom notification I'm like well, I'm not turning up to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, good luck, because I was like, either you send me a calendar invite or you send me a reminder or it's not happening. And so I think, you know, like, or um, another like example for me is like, I often like really just get like dates mixed up in my head. I hold dates in my head and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's the 20th, it's like, on the 25th at 11. And it's like, it's never the 25th at 11. And like people who love me will often like, if it's a doctor's appointment or like something like that, will often be like, now nah, can you just tell me when this thing is? Cause I really, I really don't want you to miss it. So they will like text me or remind me, um, or you know something like that so I, I I think I kind of create structures but ones that are kind of working on the assumption of failure <laughs> and, and, and that's what that's what makes you who you are yeah isn't it and I mean I've often said if there was some kind of pill we could take to make that brain be stable and be very organized I don't know if you would I've been asked this question before and um, yeah and I think um do, do you know what I, I'm like I'm a big believer in and what I try and like teach people through my like social media and and, and my co- kind of company is the thing is is that um so much of dyslexia is two sides of a coin so you've got the like disorganization like you know chaotic element of like our lives but you've also got this amazing problem solving. And I'm kind of really proud of the amount of scrapes I get myself out of. Like, I actually find it like low key amusing, like seeing a scrape coming up, like something, like something's happened. I've like accidentally messed up in some way. And then like watching my brain be like, okay, I've got 10,000 ways that we're going to get out of this. Like, which one are we going to choose? And it's like a Rolodex moment where my brain is like, like, we've got to like fix this problem super quickly. And then bam, we're straight out of it, like in a couple of minutes. I almost enjoy that experience. I mean, it's it's taken a lot of 
acceptance and self-kindness and understanding that hating myself just doesn't work yeah so learning to just be like all right I'm like this and you know everyone has flaws and this just happens to be mine and learning to kind of see step back and say okay really (laughs) disorganized also really good at getting myself out of these situations you know you can center yourself on the fact that you made the mistake or you can center yourself on the fact that you're great at getting out of it and I Mm. I'm great at getting out of it yes but if you messed up something in your own organization you would probably think oh actually I quickly fix that or I may not turn up for that meeting because someone understands what if you work in a corporate world that's not the same one thing I would really recommend for anyone who's in the corporate space one of the things I I struggle with with giving advice to sexy people I'm just going to caveat this advice is that sometimes I don't want the answers that are the answers to be true And this is a perfect example of that. I'd love to tell you that if you put an extra reminder in your calendar, but the thing is, in my experience, systems and structures always eventually let us down because that's just the reality of life. But what I have noticed does really work. And like I said, I don't want this to be the answer, but this is my experience. And I want to give the, the raw honesty. Yes. Is that how you handle yourself is a huge huge way as to what implications you will have from those moments so when you make a dyslexic mistake and if it's organization and you know you're what whatever it is if you crumble in that moment if you kind of uh handle it badly of like maybe getting like really flustered or if you are like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so useless like I'm just such a nightmare like if you kind of yeah let that energy be seen by the people around you it has a huge impact in how you'll be perceived absolutely and I've been there before so I know what you're talking about yeah or Mm. if you handle it with serenity calm confidence and um like like you know learn a little of dignity like I am so sorry I'm late for this meeting I don't know what happened like this is genuinely a one-off um I really mm. I like I really will endeavor to ensure this doesn't happen again um like thank you so much for your patience really looking forward to you know work like starting this meeting you know that's an example if you went late for a meeting whatever it is yeah if you handle it with a quiet confidence you'd be so surprised how much people kind of like let these things slide yes and they can have such a like lesser impact than if you kind of like crumble the thing is I learned this from real experience of like doing both and and living both realities of like crumbling being embarrassed being like do you know what I'm just like always late to things I just like that's the worst thing you can do um so in, in my experience with the corporate world is if you can find a way even if you are spiraling out with shame because that is so often what happens to us when we make dyslexic mistakes yeah you are hating yourself just like doing wishing in every fiber of your body that you weren't dyslexic and this mistake hadn't happened you can just find a way of quietly calmly collecting yourself and not letting that show and eventually working to just actually not let that happen at all that is one of the best things that you can do for yourself um, to kind of really ensure that these things don't have a substantial like knock-on implications. Now we all know you and I know that it's not all about just being late. 
it's other things as well, you know, <laughs> like going to the wrong place, finding the wrong building. Oh, you know, the list is forever. On and on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> or not showing up at all. Yes. Not showing up at all. That's, <laughs> that's happened to me in the past, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, had a meeting and person stood there waiting for me and I completely forgot. So dates and times mm-hmm. is also a problem mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Now, what are some of the impact of being disorganized? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're disorganized there, I mean, firstly, you miss out on stuff, right? You And there's there's also a dyslexic tax. Like, you know, we often hear about people say like an ADHD tax, but I think the reality is that there is a dyslexic tax. Um, I've turned up to flights and they've been like, oh, no, Natalie, your flight is tomorrow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me play the change fee then. And over the credit card goes. So I think, you know, obviously there's the perception thing that we talked about and like, um, you know, we've already talked about how to handle that. I now realise how this is so normal and the reality yes. is that so many dyslexic people, I don't think I know a dyslexic person who doesn't have like one of those moments who they they pay for something wrong or like, you know, they pay for something expensive, it's ended up being wrong and they just kind of had to like swallow the money. Um, and it's, it, it's just... A, <laughs> an element of an unfortunate reality that you just have to like learn to smile at oh bless you I'm just gonna go on to my last question what strategies do you have in place to help you now people talk about calendarly people talk about this people talk about that you know they talk about putting things on uh, reminders on your phone I do all that and I still forget to have a look what strategies do you have in place I think the one thing like I said at the beginning is I expect to fail so I kind of like work on the assumption that it's it's never going to go well. So I kind of put as many like limits on on kind of as many kind of ways I can to remind myself, particularly if it's something important. Yeah. Um. So you know there are reminders. There's like people texting me. There's reminders on my phone. They all catch a lot, and they do they do a lot. Mm. Um. I think also the, what I talked about with radical acceptance is about saying. I, I will miss some. I, I, it, it won't. It won't always go smoothly. It, it, I, there might be bad days. There will be problems. And I've done a lot of work, and I have really tried, and I have to continue to do this work. Is to say to myself, I'm more than these mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm more than these moments. I deserve the kindness of others around me to manage these moments and. I expect, like on this deadly serious kindness, understanding, like people to um, like be flexible with me, and the reason and patience, that, patience, patience as well, yeah, exactly. And and I I I kind of go into every scenario, and if it, a mistake has been made, it's never nice, particularly if it's like is something important and it is someone external, and you know your like the way you you know are perceived as important and but I think when you hold yourself and you say do you know what I am worth kindness Mm. patience and understanding and flexibility because I have something to offer because I I am capable of so much more than this moment Mm -hmm. I think that is the way you are often treated if you kind of like let people treat you badly 
and then you let that moment kind of like seem like a bigger deal going back to what we talked about before it often ends up becoming that way um, yes. and again I, I am talking a hundred percent from experience of letting myself be treated badly letting people see myself as being defined by these moments and more and more and more when I I walk in with a really serious expectation of like if if you if you laugh at like these situations and I don't find it funny mm. I'm gonna tell you I don't find it funny Absolutely. and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna really like be serious when I when yes. I say that yeah. um yeah. so I I think holding myself in that way and mm. and this is a really a self reflection piece of looking inwards and really seeing yourself as more than these mistakes. Yes. Once you see yourself as more than them, that is where you are able to, in a very serious way, like demand respect, kindness, flexibility. Um, that you know you're able to kind of like handle these situations differently and get different results from them. So I think it's a combination of how I handle them is a combination of doing my utmost to try and minimize them. An acceptance that they won't always be minimized and a grounding that I am more than these moments because Absolutely. if you don't see yourself as more than these moments, it will get you into a whole world of pain. Absolutely. And what happens with that is confidence and, you know, your um, self-esteem yeah. and your mental health and anxiety yeah. and all those kind of things. And I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. It's a representation of how you feel about yourself. And it so often has more like limitations than you realize with that. So once I started to be like, okay, I might turn up to the meeting late. I have really tried to not turn up to the meeting late. And I, I'm proud of the fact that I have put in every step possible. But when I do turn up to the meeting, I am able to create great ideas, come like with a, like an opportunity to like see things differently and like bring something to the table with clear communication or all, all of those things that not everyone else is able to do and once you come with that energy um it yeah it really does make a, a huge difference but unfortunately it's a lot about doing the self-worth of work of understanding what those those realities are for you and, absolutely absolutely and so you can hold yourself that way yeah and I think also sometimes when you sort of say all these negative negative things about yourself people pick up on that That's and you so become sad. quite vulnerable oh. and sometimes people can use that against you I you know, do you know I, I, yeah I completely agree do you know what I say yeah. so often on to my community is that you are giving them the stick to beat you with absolutely absolutely I I remember um once when I had my probation extended at um a very like well-known company um they uh I, I used to say like I'm sorry I'm just not getting this like there's just so much information and I can't process it like I just I don't understand what's going on and like uh, and you know it's just like it doesn't it's not making sense and and the reality is is that I, you know I do have slow processing and things do take me a little bit longer and also because I'm dyslexic I want that big picture thinking so I think I need to know everything I think that I need every single piece of information and then actually when I you know was like quizzed by my manager she was like you actually know a lot like and there's you like you understand like more than you think but I was so nervous that I didn't feel like I understood everything and that I, I felt like things were taking me ages, 
which you know maybe they were maybe they weren't it's been a long time I'm not, I'm not even sure at this point um they extended my probation and they used the word back at me they said you said you are struggling to understand this and that is a concern for us so we need to give some more time exactly and 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 you know and then all of this stuff and I mean I have a hundred examples of I can imagine people have used my own words back at me and the thing is is that like at the time I used to be like I can't believe they said that to me and I and, and now I like have the kind of grace to be like you that's because I said it that, you kind of did that to yourself a little bit there mm. like I mean it is it is because of the shame and the trauma and the like the way that dyslexia was dealt with when I was at school which was so centered on like I can't like I'm so glad that I've, I can see how powerful it is to have made that change. And also, I think, um, you know, I, I understand that it's a part, proportion of like the way that people have treated me over the years. And it's also an element of like, I, I really need to do some self-reflection. And I kind of like see a little bit of like an element of needing to do the work myself as well. Excellent. Well, look at you today. You know, you're helping millions and millions of people out there. You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> recognize like old Natalie. Like if she'd have come on this podcast, it would just, <laughs> it would have been a entirely dead. I don't, I don't recognize myself when I hear myself talking and I say things like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. It used to be a 10 minute caveat if I had to say I was good at something. Like, oh, well, I'm not always perfect. And like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And trust me, there's totally things that are bad. And I'm like, you should see the list of mistakes. Blah, 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 blah. And then I would be like, and sometimes I'm okay at this. Like, and it's just like, what? Mm. Oh, like, it's okay to see one or two things are good, are good and okay. And to be proud of, it doesn't, it doesn't kill you. Honestly, it's been such an amazing, amazing podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to HY Dyslexia, All Things Dyslexia podcast. Today's topic, dyslexia and disorganization, real, we said it as it is. We'd like to say thank you to our listeners and obviously to our funders and the amazing Yola, who's behind the scenes making all this possible. We also want to say thank you to Elia Onya Morris for the research that she does and for finding Natalie and many more people that we've had on our podcast. We'd like to say thank you. Have a wonderful time and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire All Things Dyslexia podcast is funded by National Lottery Community Fund, Social Enterprise Support Fund and Residence Limited. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions. <laughs>